0: hello
1: hey rodaris there you are man yeah a little crazy how this thing has changed a little bit since the last time we reported i know right all right guys welcome to james sports and wrestling podcast where you will hear the latest in wrestling and sports nothing here is off limits so let's get started so sorry about the delays we were trying to figure out some of these updates how they make it a little difficult sometimes to still record with people. So, sounds like we hit it right on the head this time. Yeah. But, all right. So, we are here to talk about, you know, a plethora of things, but we're going to start out with the main topic, and that is the Kansas City radio host who got got himself in some hot water with some controversial comments over the head coach of the Kansas City Chiefs, Andy Reid. Pretty much bringing in his two dead sons into an equation when this radio host was talking about how the Chiefs handled the Tyreek Hill situation. More importantly, how Andy Reid has handled the situation. And pretty much, just give you just a quick little brief backstory. He pretty much made the comparison that he failed as a father because two of his sons had died due to drugs when talking about Tyree Hill, saying that Andy Reid was not, you know, a, dis- a disciplinarian, didn't like to discipline, you know, players on his teams, to, you know, the Philadelphia Eagles, Kansas City Chiefs, etc. So I came on the other night and talked about my feelings at the time after first reading about it, and I've had a couple of days to kind of let these feelings set in but i want to give our darius the floor because i want you know it's pretty important that we hear from anybody who wants to talk about this what were your thoughts man when i shared this article with
0: you um first off um appreciate you having me on as always
1: anytime brother
0: um as i was uh preparing to be on the show i had a lot i wanted to say about this but when you shared it with me It was very classless, very tasteless and very disgusting because I was thinking about it throughout the day. I'm like, how can you compare death to domestic violence? Because those are two totally those are two totally different situations, you know, and it's it's very disrespectful to Coach Reed because for one, he's lost children, he's had to lose children, unfortunately. And for for the radio host to say what he said is very unprofessional, tasteless, and classless. And I feel like he should be
1: fired. Did we lose you there? You still there? Yeah, yeah. I'm with you there. I mean, I said the other night that you know this man needs to be censored whether depending on whether you fire him or you pull him off the air for an un, you know disclosed amount of time he should be censored and in an update he was suspended he's been suspended indefinitely um so take that for what it's well i mean indefinitely i mean that's a very broad term because i could be anywhere from a few days to a few months or, or you, you know or even longer than that so that's a step in the right direction You know, he he apparently tried to reach out to Andy Reid and, you know, to try to apologize. And, you know, the Chiefs said at the time that the coach was unavailable. So I put a challenge out to the radio station the other night to, you know, suspend him, censor him. And as of right now, it seems like that's exactly what they've done. Um, Let me read his comments on his apology. Let me pull this up real quick, guys. Okay. Okay. Suspended Kansas City Chief radio host Kevin Kitesman apologized for his comments he made earlier in the week about Chiefs coach Andy Reid. He said, and I quote, this is on me. I'm paid as a broadcaster to be concise in what I say, Kitesman said. My words on Monday's show left open way too many interpretations, and I'm the only only person responsible for that and the only person to blame. I'll learn from this mistake, and I'll work harder to do better, and I hope to one day regain the trust of Coach Reid and the Chiefs organization. Kitesman also said that he tried to reach out to Reed on Wednesday to apologize, but was told the coach was on a vote. I hope he will accept my apology, but I understand if I'm not completely forgiven, he added, in quote. So hearing that, there's a part of me that wonders, you know, and I said this Monday. I think this was a premeditated comment. Because when you look back at the comment, you have to wonder. How long had he had he be, you know had been sitting on it? How long had you know did he sit on this comment and was waiting to use it? Um, he was definitely out of bounds. He was he went over the line. Lewis Riddick of ESPN tweeted you know tweeted out and ripped him, which you know I feel like is completely justified in anybody ripping him. As much as I see the apology, I just wonder. Was it because the radio station came up to you and was, you know, going to yank you off the air? I mean, did you not really see the, you know, how bad that comment really was at the time you said it? Were you, I mean, and I said this the other night, is there a beef between the two of you that you would take it there? Because, I mean, again, I said, look, if he was criticizing you know, and if you read the first part of the article from the other night, he started out by talking about, you know, the team, you know, trying to, you know, football. But then he definitely went way over the line and decided to bring Andy Andy Reid's family into it. I'm OK yeah. with the fact if you're going to criticize football, I'm not OK with the fact that you're going to yank, you know, somebody who has had to bury two sons. Right. And try to use that to justify your point in saying Andy Reid, you know, in my opinion. He's trying to call him out. He was trying to call him out on not being a man. And that's too far.
0: He definitely went too far. I mean, like you said, he's had to bury two sons. And no parent should have to bury a child and no child should have to bury a parent. You know what I'm saying? But at the yes, same sir. time, like, you you got, to, you got to realize what you're saying. I mean, did he not listen to himself when he was on the radio? I mean that—that's my thing. It's just like, you know, it, it's certain things. It's certain things that you can say, and certain things that you can't say because you never know. You never know how people may react to things. You never know how people re- will react to what you said. And, you know, as I stated earlier at the beginning of the show, what he said and the way he said it was very unprofessional and it was classless and it was it was disrespectful you know sometimes it's not it's not what you say is how you say it and i i just i just i don't know you know suspending him is in you know that's the first step to saying that's the first step that the radio station did by saying you know what we're not going to tolerate this And we're not going to allow you to disrespect someone of Coach Reed's caliber or disrespect his family or whatever the case may be, because we don't we don't tolerate that. And it shouldn't be like that. I don't care what radio station it is. I don't care what state or city, whatever the case may be, whoever it is, even on TV. You know, people are, for example, are making a big deal about the whole Molly Karam, LeVar Ball situation. But it's certain things you say and the way you say it. And like I said, it's not what you say, it's how you say it.
1: Yeah, that LeVar Ball thing was interesting for sure. Um, When I first saw that, you know, I watched that live and I thought, wow, he went there. But I've seen a lot of people comment, you know, saying, you know, listen, that's not what he meant. He didn't have that, you know, I mean, only... The only person who knows that for sure is Levar Ball, and just like the only person who knows if he has any hate towards Andy Reid is you know is that Kansas City radio host, and he knew. I mean, again, I'm gonna double down and say this was a premeditated comment, a premeditated attack, however you want to put it, because you know what. <sighs> Did he just come up with that off the fly? I, You know, I can't say for sure. I don't think he did. I think he's sat on this since the Tyreek Hill investigations happened. You know, since this all started, you know, when it happened, you know, during last season. Um, I'm with you. I, the radio station did take a good first step. I hope the suspension indefinitely leads to one of two things. That he gets counseled for how to handle situations like that in the future or be, you know what, I would even be okay with the fact if he got fired and I know there's going to be a lot of people that are going to say but does he deserve a second chance? I mean
0: look. I, I'm, 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 I'm pretty sure there's a radio station that will probably give him a second chance but at the same time you know, it's like you, you've got to have is boundaries to what you do and what you say it's boundaries to what he says and what he does and maybe I don't know was he trying to say it for shock value I mean that I, I'm, I'm, you know, I don't know I, I really don't know but like I said he didn't have no right to say what he said about his sons comparing it to Tyreek Hill and you know, it's it, it's it's levels to this stuff. You've got to it, there's there has to be boundaries. It's, it's boundaries to what is said and what is done. Whether you're a radio host or uh, a dentist or or a nurse or a firefighter, police officer, what have you. I don't care what type of job it is. It has to be boundaries. And in some places, what is the radio station, whatever. You know, some people have zero tolerance policies, and maybe maybe that should be enforced. Maybe the radio station should counsel him and say, okay, we're going to implement this zero tolerance policy. You can be you on the radio, have your personality, do what you want, but at the same time, it's certain things that you cannot say and it's certain lines that you cannot cross. And one of those lines that he crossed was when he brought up Coach Reed's sons. And I and I I'm pretty sure that Coach Reed misses his sons every single day, Absolutely. and that's tough. To, that's tough to lose both your children. And at the same time, you know, with the Tyreek Hill stuff, that's a whole another situation. He got himself in some really hot water. So my thing is this: How are you going to sit there and try to compare the two? Because that there's no comparison there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And,
1: Yeah, I don't see
0: it. It's just it's just mind boggling. And I can't stress enough of how there needs to be boundaries to radio hosts and TV personalities because they just can't go on there and do what they want and say what they want and all this type of stuff. Because how does that make them look? How does that make the audience look? How does that make the people who are listening to his radio show look? How does that make the radio station look? That makes them that puts them in a bad position like oh y'all just gonna let him say and do what he wants and talk about people's children and talk about death and all this type of stuff no you can't do that i'm not saying you should just not let him be him not let him show his true personality but at the same time he's got to watch himself he's got to chill on it because you can't you just can't you just can't just go out there you just can't he just can't wake up one morning and just be like Oh, I'm just going to talk about somebody's dead children. No, you cannot, because you don't know how they're going to take that. And no person should take that lightly.
1: Yeah, you know, like I said, I've had a couple of days to think about this a little bit. And you're right. There's no comparison. <clears throat> I think what he was, try- I mean, listen, what he was trying to get at, or at least from the perspective that I see it from, is that in a weird way. Yeah sort of way he was trying to compare and this is where you can't make the comparison so this makes what he could have been potentially thinking even more damaging was to me it seemed like he was trying to compare Tyreek Hill as a father to Andy Reid as a father You see, do you see what I'm saying do you see where I'm going with this a little bit and this is where it goes with your point there is no comparison you can try to sit there and try to spin it however you like the more I've read this the more I've thought, is he trying, was he trying to compare Tyreek Hill to being a father compared to, you know, comparing him to Andy Reid as a father. And the more I thought that the more it made me feel more disgusted because if that's what he was trying to do, I mean, this completely takes this, like you said, you know, there's levels to this. Yeah. And, 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 and even if, I mean, even if Andy Reed's sons were still alive, you still can't make that comparison at all. Because what I said the other night was that you have to keep professional and personal life out of it. And look, you may not like a person for whatever reason. But to go after a person's family who has already had the tragedies of what they've had. And now you're going to air the dirty laundry on the radio. I mean, really? Yeah.
0: I mean, like I said, that... And like I said, that's not fair. No. That's not fair at all. And that really puts him in a bad position. Like, you know, he's a terrible person. You know, people's going to look at him like a piece of crap. Because the way that Tyreek Hill disciplined his kids, and you know, when Coach Reed's sons were alive, the way that he disciplined his kids are two totally different situations. The way people discipline their kids whether it's a boy girl black white don't matter people discipline their kids different and you know how are you going to try to compare the not i'm not saying that tyree kills a bad father i don't know how he disciplines his child or children or whatever same way with andy Reid when his children were alive i didn't know i don't know how he disciplined his kids you know what i'm saying? But don't try to sit there and compare oranges to apples or whatever the case may be. Don't try to sit there and say, oh, well, he did this and he did that. And, you know, you just you just can't do that. You just can't just you just can't say what you want and feel like what you're
1: trying to say is right. Because it's not. You know, we've seen sports or sports casters, you know, like ESPN, you know, maybe even Fox Sports and other you know sports outlets. Their reporters get suspended for saying stuff far less controversial. Um, yeah. So these guys are put in a you know in a position of power because they have the microphone at their fingertips, they have the platform at their fingertips. So when a guy like him makes this comment, you know, and it backfires. You're painting yourself in a very negative light. And it's one of those things that could stick with you the rest of your career. People yep. are always going to look at you and go, Wow, you're the man that decided to, you know, bring Andy Reid's kid, you know, dead kids into, you know, into this situation. Yeah.
0: And on top of that, it causes it causes people to no longer be invested in your show. It causes people to no longer be invested in your radios, in the radio station, because, you know, that could easily that could easily cause not only you, the people behind your show, the radio station to easily lose views. People could just sit back and say, I'm not listening to that. How dare he sit up and say, well, he's not a very good disciplinarian. He's not a Tyreek Hill's not a very good this or that. You know, people are people, people these days are very turned off by whatever is going on. Like, if it's something negative, people are quickly turned off because they don't want to be associated with that. And it's going to cause people to no longer be associated with the radio station or the radio host in general. And not only that, it causes the radio station to lose money, sponsorships. All that type of stuff. It really makes the radio station, not just the host, look bad. I mean, it makes him look bad. And I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying that he's a, a terrible person because we don't know the guy. But from what we've read and what we've heard, it's it's really unfair to Coach Reed. His sons are not here. Tyreek Hill's having to deal with his own issues. So how is it? How is it right for you to sit up and say what you said? And again, it goes back to what I asked: Was he trying to do it for shock value? Because if he was, it really turned out to be um, a bad look. It really backfired on him, and it, and it did not. It did not put him in a positive position.
1: You know, like I said the other night, if you wanted to say. And just have, would have left it at, you know, when he's not a good disciplinarian, you know, he's never wanted, you know, he's had a hard time, you know, wanting to discipline players on your team. I was completely fine with that. It was that one, it was that next line after that, that kind of took this over the top for me. And I'm with you. Look, don't know the guy personally. Um, you know, like I said, you know, the other night that, you know, this guy could have had a perfect record up until this point. And you know what? I still feel the same. The radio station took the safe way here. The safe way was to suspend Uh it. But if they really wanted to make a statement, if they really wanted to sit there and make a statement and go, listen, we all know that certain lines should not be crossed. We all know that, we all know this. We don't, everyone's talking about, you know, zero tolerance policy. If you're a radio station or any sort of, business that doesn't have a zero tolerance policy already in place in this day and age period then maybe you shouldn't be in business because at the end of the day we know better we should know better
0: Yeah. and another thing I was thinking of when you were doing your show the other night you know he talked about how uh, Andy Reid or Coach Reid is not a very good disciplinarian you know we hear about these players, whether they're in college or pro, getting in trouble, getting kicked off the team. You know, for example, Alabama. How many times have we heard about players getting kicked off the team for various reasons? And how many times have we seen the finger being pointed at Coach Saban? Um, When um, uh, USC's old coach, uh, Pete Carroll, many times did we hear about players getting in trouble and getting suspended and kicked off the team and I thought about this and I said well he could be a good coach but not be a good disciplinarian and then again you have coaches out there you have people out there who are not good coaches but are very good disciplinarians or a combination of both you see what I'm saying? That's
1: exactly what you're saying and and I'm going to play off this because I said this too last I checked Tyree kills over the age of 18 right He's a man, right? Now, granted, is he's still young? He, look, brain fully developed, you know, you know what have you? But he's still a man. And a, and another thing is that we don't know because we weren't there how Coach Reed maybe tried, you know, to help Tyreek or anybody else or anybody else on the team. Same with Saban. All we hear about is oh well, Saban's not a good this and that when people get in trouble. But no one tends to focus on. Look at how many players he's he's had that have never gotten in trouble, right? Have yeah. never gotten in trouble. Yeah. And that's the thing. We're focused on the negative and all of a sudden, oh, so the, for example, and I'm just throwing a number out of here. Let's say five, right? So people are focused on the five bad apples that Saban couldn't get, you know, couldn't get through to. But last I checked, they're in college, they're men. They, ha- they have yeah. a choice to make. And Saban could have, or any coach out there who's doing the best they can, Probably are doing the best they can to give advice, but at the end of the day, it's up to them. If they choose to yep. want to listen, great. They'll be better men for it. I mean, Aaron Hernandez. Look, you know, Florida, Urban Meyer. I, I I want to believe did the best he can to try to get through to Aaron Hernandez, tried to mold him into being you know the best man he can be. But at the end of the day, Aaron Hernandez had other plans for Aaron Hernandez. Tyreek Hill had other plans for Tyreek Hill. So to sit here and say, well, he's not a good disciplinarian, how do you know that? How do you know he hasn't tried? How do you know? I mean, again, at the end of the day, it's left up to the individual. I'm tired of now look, are there coaches out there who are who are completely bad and maybe have, you know, fumbled it? Sure. But at the end of the day, it's all about you can have the best, you know, plan in place for these guys. But there's still gonna be some that yep. fall through the cracks. So so yep. why should the few that fall through the cracks, why should that outweigh other people who decided to be like, you know what? I'm buying in the coach Saban, I'm buying in the Coach Meyer, I'm buying into you know, you know what have you. And why should the negative be? I mean, I get why the negative is focused on, I get it. But we need and that's the problem, we need to praise, you know, the good things. Period.
0: Yeah, I agree because at the end of the day, while you were saying that, it's like these coaches do as so they do so much. They can't hold these guys' hands. No, some of these kids, they come from a two parent household or maybe a single parent household, whatever the case may be, or a guardian, whatever the case may be. But when they're on that field, it's like their coach is the parent. You see, you get what I'm saying when I I say that?
1: Yeah.
0: It's like, it's like when, it's like when, if you watch, um, like Duke basketball, Mm -hmm. coach K is their parent, Alabama football, Nick Saban is their parent, Auburn, Gus Malzahn, Kirby Smart at Georgia. The coach is their parent on the field, but when they're off the field, they have moms and dads and uncles and aunts and whoever to say, you know what? You're a grown man. Or even if 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 it's a female, you're a, you're a grown woman. I can't always be there for you, but you gotta you gotta make the best decision for you. I may not like what you do, I may not like what you say, and I'm here for you no matter what. But at the end of the day, the decisions you make fall on you, and you need to realize that. I mean, and you know, like you said, who knows what. Andy, what coach Reed was doing, you know what I'm saying? Same way with, uh, with, with these, with these other teams, who knows what's going on with, uh, the Falcons and the Rams and, you know, Florida Gators, whoever, who knows what's going on. We don't hear much about it, but when we hear it, we're always like, Oh, that's a bad apple. Why is he on the team or such and such got dismissed from the team or for academic reasons? like cam newton for example when cam newton was at florida everybody counted him out when he got to auburn it was like a rebirth it was like a resurrection he resurrected his career he won the mvp a couple years ago cam newton was on top of the world and then when they lost the super bowl everybody wanted to just shit on cam and that like oh he's a child he's a baby blah 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 but still at the end of the day Cam Newton did what was best for him. He's made he may have not always had the best life or the best career, but at the end of the day, he stood tall he has stood tall through everything that has come his way, good or bad.
1: And you know, that's yeah, that's Super Bowl. I mean, and and listen, I understand the criticisms that people gave him during the Super Bowl, like when he didn't die for that fumble, you know, you know, things of that nature. Um, when I when he walked out of that presser. Um and everyone was just completely going off on it, saying, you know what, he needs to be more mature. Look, the boy just lost the Super Bowl.
0: And that was his first one.
1: Who knows if he'll ever go back, right? And so yeah. when you think about it, I mean, look, it's one of those things where I get it from both sides of the fence, you know, but I more tend to be on the side of, you know what, he just lost the Super Bowl what 30 minutes prior maybe even an hour you know he goes in he showers you know what it hasn't set in fully for him yet and yet you guys are asking him all these questions and it's different than it is during a regular season game you know and so because that's the biggest game of the year that's something that you strive to play for you grow up wanting to play football because you want to be a super bowl champion doesn't matter what position you play that's just what you that's your goal that's your aspiration so i understand him walking out um, let's see. There's something I wanted to ask about. So let me ask you Do you think the? All right. So, in my opinion, I think, like I said, I think the radio station should have fired the guy. All things considered, I've had enough time to think about it. Even when I got off, you know, doing the podcast there and I sat there and I had to rethink about, you know, does this guy deserve a second chance, you know, at that radio station? Or does he deserve to be fired from that radio station, but yet have a second chance somewhere else? I'm of the opinion that he deserves a second chance without that radio station. What about you? What do you... Or do you think he should just be... Because, look, it's a privilege to be on the air. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's difficult when you don't know the person. You're only going off what you saw him do. We don't know, you know, the other 23 hours a day or years of work he's done so it's kind of hard you know some of these sports casters get a second chance you know they're suspended for you know a couple weeks when they say something depending on what they say yeah this guy this uh, guy went way too far in my opinion now it's good that he's trying to apologize but I think it's because the radio station threatened, you know saying that we're going to suspend you and if you want to try to get back on the air you need to try to make this right <coughs> he should be fired and maybe after some time Maybe after he you know goes through counseling or what have you or whatever he needs, maybe then, maybe, and I don't even know how long that would even be, yet, then maybe he deserves a second chance. I I want to say he deserves one fully, but I'm just not there yet.
0: Well, you know, when I was when I was listening to the show uh, Monday night, I was thinking the same thing. Right off the bat, this guy should be fired. Uh, the radio station should just wash their hands of him but at the same time I've had 48 hours to process it and uh you know suspending him i guess is the right step but if they give him a second chance at their radio station they need to sit down with him and say okay we're giving you a second chance but if you blow this one you're done you're out of here you're not coming back we're going to allow you to get back on the air and do what you do best be a radio personality but it's certain things that you cannot say it's certain things you cannot do and because of what you said you have caused us to i would i would have sat down with him and said look we're gonna we're gonna lift the suspension and yes you have caused us to lose listeners viewership what have you but if you blow this second chance you're done with us now will another radio station give him a second chance elsewhere that is it's possible you know everybody deserves a second chance in life but you know i don't know i really i really don't know I don't know if the radio station will keep him and monitor what he says and stuff like that. Give him guidelines on what he can say and what he can't say. Or they'll just say, we're going to have to let you go and and another radio station give him a second chance. I really don't know. But I think this is the first step into this situation because, I mean kudos to him for apologizing and trying to reach out to Coach Reed because with that you can tell that he's remorseful for what he did.
1: But is he? But is he though? I mean, is it because he got suspended? Is it because you know, could the radio station been like, look, you have to because I mean to me just you know, his disgusting comment, I mean, there's just a part of me, I mean, I, I hope I hope he's very genuine. I hope that him wanting to reach out is a very genuine move. But is it because the radio station told you you had to? It's kind of like, you know, if you're in a relationship, right? So say so say the radio station's his girlfriend and the, what have you. But the radio station caught you in a lie, right? Are you only yeah. apologizing because you got caught? Because you chose to be stupid and you did this. And now you're acting all remorseful because you got caught. Or is it... One of those things where it's like you know what it's kind of like when we get upset right and sometimes we just fire off at the mouth and then we're like oh maybe it should- yeah well I'm, I'm i'm not
0: saying that like oh he i hope he's genuine and we can sweep this under the rug no 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 i'm not saying that because that's something that should never be swept under the rug totally agree. what i'm saying is it's like you know i i agree with you i hope it's genuine and it's from the heart and if Andy, if Andy Reid decides to accept his apology in a genuine, positive way, then we can move forward with this. But at the same time, you know, people are not going to forget what he said. Coach Reid is not going to forget what he said. So, I mean, it. you know, I'm not I'm not fully saying, you know, he's remorseful, but I don't know. Hopefully he can talk to coach Reed and they can work something out. But at the same time, if I were coach Reed, I wouldn't forget what he said, because first of all, my sons are no longer on this earth. And for you to sit there and compare my son's deaths to a domestic violence situation is totally out of line and very disrespectful. And I, if I were coach Reed, I would really take that personal and I would let him know. In a in a genuine sit down conversation, whether it's verbally, face to face, over the phone, whatever, like, yo, you can't you can't bring up my children. My children are not here to defend themselves.
1: If I if I were Reed as well, listen, I don't know if this guy has any kids, but I said this Monday night. What if you were in Coach Reed's position and you had a couple sons and you lost them, or you know, however you lost them, right? And then somebody yeah. else in that position of power decided, you know, after so many years of not having my kids that they were just going to go ahead and just bring it up and try to compare it kind of like you did. How would you feel? And this is what I hope he's taken from this, that he did put himself in that situation, whether he has kids or not. You could put yourself in that situation. Well, you know what, if I had kids or if I had a child and I lost them in any way, shape or form, this is what it would do to me. Yeah, And maybe, just hopefully he's just taken, you know, some, something from this. If I were in charge of the radio station, here's how far I would have gone after having time to think about it. I would have, if not, if I chose not to fire, I would have suspended him one year. One year, and here's why. And people are going to think, well, you know what? Shouldn't you just fire him then? Not necessarily. If you... If you make a statement like that, you're giving this man you're keeping him off the air. He's still under contract but you're suspending him for a year. You're really gonna see what this guy's made of. You're gonna see how far this guy really wants to get back on the air, whether it's there or, or another station, whatever. I would have gone I would have gone one year if I chose not to fire him and I would have suspended him without pay. Because Andy Reid can't yeah. get his kids back. No. Nope. So if you're telling me that you can make that comment where a guy can't get his kids back, well then I'm sorry, then for a year or what have you, you're not you're not gonna get any of that money back. And then and then you're gonna see what it's like, you know, to have something taken away from you that at least for one year you can't have it back. Yeah. You know, that's, Um, that's how I feel about that. That's what I probably would have done.
0: I would have, I would have gone the one year route, but at the same time, uh, I probably would have paid, I would have probably paid them. But then again, looking back on it, it's plenty of people who, a lot of sportscasters who get suspended without pay. It's a lot of people who lose Children every single day So I would have If he were to If I were to suspend him Just how I would do it All the money that he got paid from that radio station He would have had to donate it to charity That's a good idea Because You know like I said There are people who lose money There are people who lose children I would have told him I would, assist, I would suspend you. You're suspended for one whole year. But if I'm still going to pay you, all the money that you get from this radio station goes to charity. It doesn't go in your pocket. None of that. All the money that you're getting, I don't care what charity it is. All the money that you get is going to charity. So I want you to see what it's like to lose something because fair is fair.
1: Andy Reid lost his kids to drugs, so that would probably have been the charity. You know, I I probably would have picked, you know, drug awareness and, you know, things of that nature. Um, I mean, again, I think we can both agree that this was in poor taste, very disgusting. Um, And again, it, it doesn't matter if you're white, black, whatever. You know, we need to be Especially in positions like this. And I get you're there to. You know for a football team. But we need to think about what we really say before we say it. Yeah. Because. Not only did you just rehash the damage. But. You probably rehashed. Feelings that. Have never truly gone away for. Andy Reid or his wife. or Or the entire family yeah we need to do a better job of looking out for each other and understanding what boundaries are I mean and and to me it's common sense right it's you never bring up personal tragedies of anybody in any way shape or form
0: cause that can get people really triggered like you know um, whether it's a child mom dad uncle whatever You know what I'm saying? Anytime you bring up somebody that's not here to defend themselves, that can really get triggered. Like, you know, for example, I lost my uncle last year due to a car wreck. And if someone were to bring him up in a negative light, I would be very upset. Why? Because he's not here to defend himself. I lost somebody very important in my life, somebody very important in my family. And, you know, there's... That's somebody's father. That's somebody's brother. That's somebody's cousin. What have you? Somebody's friend. You know how how would that person feel if if their if their children were triggered the way they were? If if their if their father were brought up in a negative light, and it's not right, and it should never be talked about. It's not fair. The
1: only time you should ever bring because that up is if you're saying that you're. You know your thoughts and prayers, or you want to offer condolences, or you want to do anything in your power to try to help the situation. That's the only time. Yeah. Other than that, it should never. Or if,
0: if you bring up like a, if you bring up like a positive memory, like you know back back in the day, such and such, me and such and such did this. You know, I understand that. I'm I'm all for that. But if you go. You know, if somebody goes out their way and says something crazy about a, about a dead person, that's going to, that's going to cause that person to, I don't know, possibly have hands put on them or whatever the case may be, because it should never be allowed. It should never be
1: talked about, period. Totally agree. So to wrap up, you know, this story, as of right now, he's been suspended indefinitely. Um, Don't know how long that is exactly. And I believe he's been fine. I believe an undisclosed amount. But we'll definitely keep you updated on this story. If anything changes. All right. So let's move on to something. I mean, look, we're wrestling fans. I mean, sports and wrestling fans, right? WWE has been, for a lack of a better term, you know, really sucking lately. And. I've sat here and I've tried to put my finger on it. And it's just one of those things where it's not just one issue that you can just put your finger on. It's a multitude. Um, yeah. In your mind, what do you think is the number one thing in your mind that's causing these issues for the WWE? Uh, well,
0: first, let me say this. Um... It, it it's very difficult to uh, rebound from the mediocrity that WWE has gone through. They have they've had some great years, they've had some down years. I can remember uh, twenty fifteen, I believe that was a horrible year for WWE, a very horrible year. And like Sunday, Sunday and Monday through, for example, Monday was one of those days where it was just like it really exposes how bad WWE is right now because I don't know if you saw it like 3,500 people were in the building for Raw 3,500 people Was it for Raw or
1: Stomping Grounds?
0: It was for Raw I saw pictures online like for Stomping Grounds like I'm not even halfway done watching it yet but for Stomping Grounds like over there where the uh, hard yeah. cam is, they had curtains on the yeah. upper decks. And then, like, Monday Night Raw and even SmackDown. I saw photos of a lot of empty seats in, for SmackDown, and they were in Portland, Oregon yeah. this week. And But to answer your question, like, what is the one thing that is causing WWE to be in the situation they're in? I don't know. I People... People are easily going to point the finger at Vince McMahon. People are going to say, well, you know, the locker room is this, the locker room is that. Like, it's so many factors that could cause WWE to be where they are. Creative, uh, Vince McMahon, I guess the talent, not putting forth the effort. I don't know. It's so many factors. I can't even put my finger on it. I could easily sit here and say... Oh, it's Vince's fault. Because, again, we're always going to point the finger at him. Why? Because it's his company. He's the one running the ship.
1: I think it is Vince, and I'll tell you why. And I think it's one main thing, is that everything runs through Vince McMahon. He's the final decision maker. So you could have the best people in the world. You know, listen, creative has a tough job, enough as it is. But if we remember the, the Dean Ambrose conversation that he had with Jericho, one of his complaints was that everything went, you know, and look, it's Vince's company, so I get it. Everything's going to run through him. But just because it's your company and everything runs through you doesn't mean that that's the right decision. Why hire these people yeah. who are doing the best they can if at the end of the day, you're just going to cut them off the knees. And I think that was a lot of John Moxley's frustration was like, what Vince saw as funny wasn't funny. Um yeah and I think that's the problem. when you got a, a guy who I can't I don't even know how triple H is at this point um, I don't think he's 50 yet.
0: he's almost he's almost there. He's like uh
1: I think he's like in his mid 40s yeah, and you have Vince who's in his 70s and you got a guy I mean listen every I keep seeing these things that's called let's say vanquish WWE and all this stuff. You realize without WWE, there wouldn't be an AEW. You realize with yeah. all the success, and people are so quick to forget that. Vince is the problem because he has to be the man that has, to, he can't kind of like, you know, divulge the power a little bit. He can't separate the power and be like, all right, listen, maybe I shouldn't make every single minuscule decision. Maybe I should let my son or let my daughter or let. I mean Triple H even because look at what he's done for NXT. I mean this guy's in control of NXT, but I mean I, I mean I think they have people in NXT who you know say, listen, I think this would be great, and, and all this stuff. And I think Triple H listens to that. Vince doesn't. Yeah. And I think that's the big difference between the two. Vince, in the day, I'm sure listened a little bit, but I'm. It just seems like the older he gets, the more stubborn he gets. And it's not good. I mean, it's, it's, apparently Fox hasn't been happy with WWE, and they've requested a meeting with Triple H, Vince McMahon, Stephanie for this weekend. Yeah, Vince,
0: I'm I'm dying. Go ahead. Not, no, not good to good. cut you off, but I'm just I'm just dying to see how that meeting goes because it's like me and I have me and a few coworkers. Like we always say, they need to hire us for creative. Because we talk about wrestling all the time. And we come up with different ideas. You know. And going back to what you said about Triple H and NXT. I feel like with Triple H. It's like. Okay. I'm the leader of this ship. But at the same time. I'm going to give y'all power. Because I want to share. What I have with everybody else. Nice. You know what you get what you're saying? I, I feel like with Vince. It's just like. Okay. I'm the leader of the ship. But y'all got to follow what I do. And that's not right. And it goes for example. Like with. um, With Paul Heyman. When ECW was around. Paul Heyman carried that company on his back. Until he started. Falling off the rails a bit. Um, I hear stories about. Vern Gagne in the AWA. You might as well say. And I, and I hate to make this comparison because Vern is dead and gone, God rest his soul. Vince McMahon is the modern day version of Vern Gagne because there have been stories where Vern didn't want to change with the AWA, and that's why the AWA went out of business. You see yeah. what I'm saying? Because it makes like, a lot of
1: sense, actually. Yeah.
0: It's like, it's like you know, um, I think it was Hogan... You know, Hogan's worked for the AWA, Flair, Zabisco, Cornette. The the fact that you know Vern was the champion for so many years, he retired as champion, and I don't know. I it's like it's like Vince is the modern day Vern Gagne. He had he's a great mind in his own right. But what
1: he's doing today is not working. No, and I think back to the mid '90s. When I think back to another time, yeah, you're right. 2015 was a bad year, absolutely. Um, I would, when I think back to '94, '95, and you know, maybe even a few years before that. You know, maybe a year before that, maybe WWE, WWE yeah. struggled when it came to because they wanted to stay with the cartoonish type of, of programming continuing to cater for kids and I'm not saying kids shouldn't enjoy wrestling but I think there's a way you could still have kids enjoy wrestling but you can tinker the product I've been a firm believer you, you up the TV rating to TV 14 and I think you do what WWE chose to do when it was WWF back in 97 you have you know if raw is gonna stay three hours you do the first i mean you could do maybe the first hour to where it's you know kind of you know you know kid type stuff but then you know the next two you know how how it would be when they would move on to the next hour that raw is war right and then they would yeah. really increase the you know you know the storyline. You know, however, whether it was Sable coming out in the bikini, or you know, however you want to do that,
0: Or kind of like what WCW used to do. Like, yeah, make your storyline. You know,
1: yeah. I know exactly what you say. They saying. have
0: like, uh, like the first hour. Like, I think when Nitro started, it was like two hours. They started off as two hours. Like the first hour, they had like the cruiserweights. You know, the mini storylines and then the second hour you know you had like nwo they kind of switched it up a bit i think that's how it was it's like you know some shows you had the main storyline start off first then the cruiserweights, and then you get back to the main stuff or you can start off with like you know the cruiserweight division and like um you know like mid carters who you really don't care about then you get to the main stuff you get to the big entree you see what i'm saying absolutely I, I get what you're trying to say, but it's—I I think that's how
1: WCW used to do it back in the day. Or you know what? Or or you can do it this way. Eric Bischoff, for everything bad that's been said about him, does have a great mind. You know, still even to this day, had a great mind then until power took over. But what if you just uh-huh. make your storylines reality based? We're in a reality TV, you know, era anyway, right? You know, yeah. you have plenty of reality TV shows. Make your storylines reality-based. You got the guys there who can, you know what, who can carry it. You, you yeah. got guys there who can do it. I mean, you have to do something. Because you're in a, you're, in, you're now just about to start your your deal with Fox. And Fox has the power to take you off Fox and put you on FS1 or FS2. If numbers don't change And the fact that That Vince Is he's literally waiting It almost feels like to the last minute To be like you know It's finally time to make some changes Now
0: Yeah and especially with the XFL coming up like I just feel like that's gonna fail again I could be wrong but just me personally I mean I grew up Um 2000-2001 2000-2001 when the NFL first popped yep. off and it failed miserably it, and I, I feel like it's going to be the same repeat and I and I I get that that Vince may take some time off but at the same time he needs to let somebody else hold power because I think it was um I think it was a uh, couple Raws a, a couple weeks ago where he Triple H and Stephanie were not at TV even Kevin Dunn, and that—that's shocking. You don't hear much about Vince not being at TV, Triple H not being at TV, unless it's like some corporate business stuff for, you know, Triple H doing tapings for NXT, whatever the case may be. But that's very—you don't hear about that much because he's always there. And I feel like, hopefully, with the XFL popping off next year. You know, he can kind of give the reins to Triple H or somebody and say, you know what? It's still my product, but I'm going to let you handle it the way you want to. I want you to spice it up a bit. That's how I would do it if I were Vince. I'd be like, look, I'm going to have my hands tied with the XFL. I'm going to still be, you know, doing day-to-day stuff with the product and the company but at the same time, I'm gonna give you the reins and let you spice it up a bit. Show me something that you can do. Do something that I couldn't
1: do. Yeah, I mean, and I, 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 I'm sorry to I've, cut you off, but fair. what I was gonna say was, you know, that would be a good measuring stick, you know, to see, yeah, you know, because all his fans keep saying is we want Triple H in charge. We want, you know, because we think because of NXT, you know, he could do, he could sprinkle some of that magic, you know, in WWE and. Take it to new heights like Vince McMahon did back, you know, again, you know, 97, 98 and so on. Um, If I'm Vince, I would want that. I would want to see if Triple H is, you know, is as good as he says he is. Yeah. Because what happens if he does that? What are you going to do? You're obviously not going to take it. I mean, what are you going to do, take it back from him?
0: You'd be crazy. He'd be. Vince would be crazy to do that. You'd be crazy to do that because. At the same time, like you said, we're hoping for oh Triple H to take over one day to be the heir air parent to the throne. Now, granted, I don't feel like Triple H will cons- will necessarily make the product, the main roster product like NXT. I feel like he'll kind of uh he'll split it up. You know, like it's like um like you know cutting something in half. It's like NXT it's still gonna be what it is, but I'm gonna I'm sprinkle some of the NXT magic onto the main roster. But I'm not gonna make the main roster like NXT, though.
1: Right, because all you have to do is really—I mean, look—and I've and I've said this for a while. All you have to do is make some, you know, minor adjustments. It's not like you need to go to into a complete overhaul, like a lot of people out there are saying. A lot of people are saying, oh, you got to do a complete overhaul. That's not necessarily true. You want to know one thing that would make the main roster better and that would bring ratings right up, in my opinion? An NXT invasion. You know what?
0: I, I thought about that, too. And just imagine, like, a lot of the main roster guys like Cesaro... Samoa Joe um who else Becky Lynch Sasha Banks Charlotte, Flair. Charlotte they came from NXT just imagine if like some of the main roster people like Finn Balor they just jumped ship back to NXT
1: and that's like, and that's what I'm saying I like,
0: yeah I feel like if they did it right unlike the original invasion yes. with WCW yes. they 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 killed that dead on site if they do it right just imagine how many people would be like okay wwe sucks their product sucks oh nxt versus wwe invasion and they did it right and vince and triple h you know vince kind of sees what's going on and actually lets triple h and other people be involved like, just imagine how good that would be. Just imagine the talk about that invasion. Like Exactly. I feel like people would be turned off, like people are turned off by the product now. But like I said, if it was done right, people would turn an eye and be like, I like this. This is what the WWE needed.
1: They need to be that company they were when you were at the Waterloo or on Tuesday morning. Oh my gosh, Because yes. you always, you know, because like Triple H said, you know, we were going to do whatever it took to make sure you guys were talking about us the next day. And, yeah. and listen, you know, the invasion of WCW failed dead on sight now, you know, in fairness, because guys like Hogan Hall and Nash had guaranteed contracts from AOL Time Warner. And they weren't wanting to give up the guaranteed contracts, you know, at that time as they were still getting paid. This would be a lot better because you have a lot of, you know, you guys, you, guys like Finn Balor. You got sustained stars there, compared to what WCW had, which at the time was, you know, the only really major star that really came out of it. Originally was probably Booker T. But yeah, I mean, listen, I, I look at a guy like Samoa Joe, who is lot. He's now going to be, you know, he's. Back up the card, he's facing Kofi Kingston, Extreme Rules. But he's been made to look like a chump, no matter what title he holds.
0: Yeah, but at the same time, you know, he, he is. But at the same time, he's dealt with injuries, so part of that is his fault. Now, injuries, you know, it's beyond his control. But I do agree with you there. You look at somebody, for example. And I think about this guy every single week. EC3. Yeah. EC3, when he was first in WWE as Derek Bateman, that was terrible. And that was like the reality show version of NXT. He goes to Impact TNA. He becomes a star. They put the rocket on him. He won the world title, what, like three times or something like that? He was
1: undefeated, too, for quite a while.
0: And just, just think about the rivalries he's had. He had a rivalry with Kurt Angle. Yep. He beat him for the world title. That's saying something. Kurt Angle, multi-time world champion, Olympic gold medalist. You're put in a feud with him. And then he comes back. You know, he's barely used in NXT. Even though, you know, his gimmick was good, he was over. He gets to the main roster and they're not doing shit with him. Monday night. He won the twenty four seven title for like two minutes. I mean, this guy could be a main player on the rock on the main roster right now. You look at somebody like, um, and I, I, I really, I really fear for how they're gonna use him in the undisputed era. I'm cool. I, I have no faith. As much as I like the Undisputed Era in NXT and what they're doing, they're practically the... I wouldn't say they're practically... They're one of the best things in NXT right now. But when they, get, when they get that call up, or when they get called down, if you will, I will not have any faith with what they do to the Undisputed Era.
1: Yeah, that scares me too. Because listen, I think you could have the Undisputed Era be the modern-day version of the NWO. You, yeah, I mean, you you don't have to put other guys in there, you can just leave the four as they are and let them run rough shot, yeah.
0: And you know, if if not the NWO, you could have them evolution as like evolution, the modern day four horsemen. Ooh, there you you go. could have as the, the Ric Flair of the group, O'Reilly and Strong as the and uh, and, the. Yeah. A- And you could have, uh, you could have uh, Roger Strong as like the Barry Windham of the group.
1: And that's one of those things right there that would, you know what? If people started seeing NXT call-ups get a little more success or get a little more fruit, that would turn things around so well for the product. Again, it's just one of those things that all you have to do is tinker with it. Yeah. I mean look I mean, who's had the most success here's an interesting question who's had the most success out of all the NXT call-ups? Huh?
0: that's a good question who's had the most success out of all the NXT columns my answer is going to surprise you I think
1: my answer is going to surprise you but go ahead oh go ahead go Kevin ahead. Owens. here's why yeah I think out of all of the call-ups, besides Finn Balor, who got injured and had to relinquish the title 24 hours, well, actually, wait, Seth Rollins. Actually, no, I take that back. It's Seth Rollins. And Kevin Owens would be second. I look at Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns was the, you know, he was put, we all knew what was going to happen when Roman got called up there. But I think as a guy who probably people probably had doubts about, I would say the guy who's had the most success out of, you know, that would be Kevin Owens. Because look how Kevin Owens debuted. Remember how he debuted? Yeah. And, His first feud was with John Cena. That's right. And he came out there, and then he beat Cena, right? He Yeah. He, you know, he beat him, and then he beat him again. And then all of a sudden, you know, Cena had to get that win back. They put Kevin Owens in a situation it's like, all right, Kevin, we're going to see how you do. You're either going to sink or you're going to swim. And for a while, he swam. And then all of a sudden, he, you know, what started falling down a little bit. But then he finally became Universal Champion. And I'm thinking to myself, when he won that thought, I was like, you know what? I'm glad he won it because this guy's, you know, is a great talent. And he's another guy who should be a monster. But as time has gone on, it's almost like, well, I don't see the allure. It almost seems like, you know, with people in creative. I mean, look, up until Stomping Grounds, he had lost every match practically since he'd come back. Sami Zayn, look how he came back. The crowd was red hot for him. He was white hot with those promos he was cutting. The crowd was, you know what, the way he was able to you know, like in Canada when they were cheering him and then five minutes later he got you to boo him in the same you know, same breath.
0: I can tell you another person who's had success from NXT. Big E. Yeah. Cause think about it. Big E, if I'm not mistaken, he beat Seth Rollins to become the second NXT champion. That's right. Ever. Yep. He goes to the main roster, he has a cup of coffee run with the Intercontinental title he does the New Day stuff and I don't know how you felt when they first did that but I was like okay this is gonna suck this is this gimmick is not gonna be around within the next nine months and what four or five years later the New Day is still one of the hottest factions in wrestling that's right and the
1: the way they did that with those vignettes about you know how they look like they were you know church choir. Yeah. I didn't think that was going to last either that way. Honestly, what I was hoping was that they would be a new version of the Nation of Domination. I kept
0: hearing that too. And then, you know, they're selling merchandise, multi-time tag team champions with Kofi and Xavier. And then you look at Kofi, you know, he didn't come up in NXT when it actually started getting noticed, but he's the WWE champion right now.
1: A damn good one,
0: and and it's just crazy the success that Big E has had, and I think he's overlooked. Female wise, definitely Charlotte.
1: Oh yeah, Uh, Charlotte. Charlotte's one of those ones that you knew the second she got called up. You knew they were going to strap the rocket to her for years and years to come, and I'll tell you the one who i'm glad that i'm seeing get a little more success and i hope they sustain the success with her is bailey um yes she had that rough run on the raw brand the way she lost that title to alexa bliss i think it was at extreme rules too where they made her look like a complete you know excuse my word you know term but they made her look like a pussy right oh that's
0: that's when they had that that boring Kindle stick match they
1: did and alexa bliss remember,
0: you remember they, they had that bailey this is your life segment that segment was so terrible yep i mean the crowd was quiet you could hear the air conditioner go off in the building yeah and you know alexa tried to do what she did she's another person who's had success
1: yeah great success yeah
0: yeah But going back to that segment, you know, she tried to do the best she could, and it was still terrible. But she, she, Bailey, Sasha, even Sasha. Sasha has had a lot of success, too, despite her short title runs.
1: She's never had a successful title defense. That is true. Which blunders me. It's like. I get back in the day and I may have said this on, you know, we may have talked about this on other podcast, but I get back in the day in the territories, how, you know, they, you know, tried to make money is that sometimes they did frequent switches of championships so they can try to invest a person in a big, you know, payoff, big blow off, you know, if you will. But the blow off always happened with Charlotte regaining the title. It's like, wait a minute. Why couldn't one of those blow offs be Sasha Banks wins the championship, goes on to have a nice run with the title, you know? And that's, and this is what I'm hoping they're doing with Bayley here to kind of try to, you know, remedy, you know, try to get rid of that bad, you know, first part of her main roster runoff. Yeah. They did it for Becky. I mean, look, Becky struggled a little bit when she got the SmackDown, even though she won the SmackDown Women's title and she was the first SmackDown Women's champion. It's not like they weren't using her at, the t- at that time to her full potential, right? I hope they're doing this with Bailey, and I hope the rematch with Alexa Bliss. As much as I, Alexa's talented, but she is not the woman to take the title off Bailey. Who do
0: you think? Who would you have to take the title off Bailey? Sasha Banks. You know what? I keep hearing. Maybe it's just me. I would like a Becky Sasha feud for the Raw Women's Title.
1: I would because love to see that. That'd
0: be good. To, to me, Bailey and Sasha, they had a chance to do that title. They had a chance to do that feud last year, and they kept doing, they kept doing that stupid um, therapy stuff. And then, the, and you remember on Raw when Bailey snapped on Sasha and she told her, "You ain't shit." Yeah me and one of my me and one of my buddies talk about that all the time. They could have easily capitalized on that. Cuz I was not expecting Bailey to say that when she said you ain't shit, they could have easily capitalized on that and they failed. So I would rather have ba- I would rather have Sasha take on Becky. And I think that would be one
1: hell of a match. I agree. I think that would be one hell of a match too. The reason I went with Sasha Bailey because I think the story writes itself. If you think back to NXT, Sasha's character was "I'm better than everybody else; nobody is even close to me." So yeah. Bailey had to earn it. So in this case, what you can do. So Sasha leaves after they lose, you know, the tag team championships, and look at Bailey's success since then. Sasha could come back and almost pull a Dolph Ziggler and say, That should have been me. Right? And Bailey can then go off and say, Well, you know what? I'm gonna pull a rock and go on the ring and said, Well, you know, if you didn't take your ball and go home, to me, right there, things like that, when you can, you know, try to um, make your storylines a little more live you know, live-based, I think that would be perfect.
0: You know what? You bring up some good points, though. Because it would definitely, like, if they had a match, let's say SummerSlam. SummerSlam's, what, a month or two? Yeah. About a month and a half, two months away? Mm -hmm. If they have that match at SummerSlam, it will remind me of when they had that match in Brooklyn the first time they went. Or at TakeOver Respect at Full Sail because I remember watching that match at takeover Spent when they had that Iron Woman match yeah that match was so that match was so emotional. I mean both match told a story but I don't know
1: it you can't go wrong with either one. you
0: can't it, it's tough for me because it's like you look at raw you look at the women's division on raw who do you have on raw? besides Becky Lacey, Lacey, Lacey been there done that yep uh, who, who else
1: Let's Natalia see. Natalia yeah
0: uh Nikki Cross
1: Nikki's Alexa. underrated
0: yeah I'm glad they're putting her on TV I'm really ha- I love Nikki Cross I'm glad they're putting her on TV but it's too early
1: yeah uh, I mean she just pen she just penned Bailey yeah I think, that, I, I think that match is gonna be a triple threat match at some point, but I I don't
0: know. It you May- really don't have much women on the raw roster. Sarah Logan. They're using her for main event with the stuff with Dana Brooke. I mean, you look at the SmackDown side, who do you have? Charlotte. Uh Oscar. If they haven't failed on her already. Uh Kyrie, saying it's too early mandy rose she's improving sonia deville i hope they do more with sonia deville because they have a chance to really make her a, a, a legit contender you got ember moon ember moon could challenge becky or bailey for the title
1: yeah okay.
0: i mean naya Jax if she wasn't injured but we've been there done that with her ruby riot ruby riot if she wasn't injured You've got some women out there that could really be some legit contenders. If Paige wasn't hurt, she could be a viable contender. I mean, let's say if Bailey wasn't champion or Raw or on Raw, Becky wasn't champion. Either way, Paige as champion, she would have a dominant run if she wasn't injured.
1: Right. Oh yeah.
0: I don't know. It, either match with. Sasha in it A lot of people would tune in A lot of people would
1: be invested And I would too And and here's another reason why You know, you, you brought up a good point Because if they did it at SummerSlam we all, Is SummerSlam in Brooklyn this year still? No it's in Toronto That's right Alright so What I was going to say Was that it would have come so full circle Had it been in Brooklyn To have that match like that Um I'll
0: tell you. I... I feel like they should have done that last year. Yeah. Because they they really, and in some ways with the Sasha Bailey feud, they've really failed on that. Like, yeah, you put the women's tag titles on them. I mean, let's be real about those belts here. No disrespect to the Iconics, but the 24-7 title has had much talk more than the women.
1: Yeah. Yes. Yep. And the,
0: the DAG titles have been around for what? Three, four months maybe?
1: Yeah. And, and they've already failed. <laughs> I mean, what's the point of having wow. those titles?
0: Right. The 24-7 title has been around a month. And look at the views that it's getting as far as their videos go. Look who's the champion. R-Truth is already a nine-time champion within a month.
1: So it, that 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 says, that says a lot. That's some of WWE creatives' best work. and You know, because according to, you know, rumors or things that I've seen and read, is that Vince doesn't have an on-hands approach with that. Yeah. Which, look what you can do, Vince, if you just... Just a little bit. Just give up a little bit. Look what yeah. they've done with the 24-7 title. We all butchered that title we all butchered it saying it was going to be a joke we all said it was going to fail and look outside of you know bray wyatt's fire fun house you know 24 7 has turned into some of the funniest stuff i've seen yeah
0: and i i don't like it but i will admit that within one month it's got people talking it's got people talking more about that belt than the women's tag titles. I mean, that says a lot. And going back to it, I I even read that most of the stuff that they do, like what they did at Drake Maverick's wedding, most of that stuff is not scripted. It's basically like, okay, we're not using you guys. Just go out there and be you. And
1: that's what I like. Yeah, you know, who, I, you know whose idea that was, right? So supposedly it was Drake Maverick's idea for how R-Truth got it back at the wedding and, and really and it, yeah and it's compl- and I read that and I'm thinking comical that, yeah I mean that's pure gold yeah I, mean, I, I knew as soon as Drake won it in that disguise that something was going to happen at his wedding and I knew R-Truth was somehow going to attempt to get it back I wasn't sure if he was going to win it but he would attempt it and <sighs> the thing is is that this just shows you can have a, some great comedic relief and make it fun. And I, I think we've, you know, gotten so lost in, you know, slamming the product is that it should be fun, too. I guarantee AEW is not going to have something like that. No. You know, honestly, nor should they. But I mean. Hey. Oh, go ahead. No, no, no. I, I honestly just lost my track of a something. Oh,
0: sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. What I was gonna, I was gonna say like going with speaking of AEW, you know, a lot of people are so turned off by the WWE product now, and how everybody say, oh, all elite is gonna compete with WWE. I was thinking of this this week. You know, you got so many, so many companies out there, minus WWE. You got AEW coming up. You got Ring of Honor, you got Impact, MLW, you got Rev Pro, you got CMLL, you got all these companies, whether they're big company, small company. I don't feel like these companies need to compete with WWE. I feel like they need to be their own version of WWE. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. It's It's like, it's like WCW. You know Eric Bischoff tried so hard to make his stuff reality based WWF at the time when they were called WWF it was all scripted and cartoonish then they got into the edgier type stuff the attitude era you know Sable coming out there half naked stone cold flipping people off drinking beer cussing people out uh Val Venus doing the porn star gimmick or whatever But at the same time, it's like, nowadays you can't get away with that stuff because everybody's so PC nowadays. But going back to what I said, it's like every company should strive to be better than what they were yesterday. Don't try to compete with WWE. Be your own version of WWE. Compete with yourself to make your product better, to make the athletes, the people behind the scenes better. Don't try to compete with Vince. Don't try to compete with NXT. Compete with yourself.
1: I agree. And here's what could be a fatal problem. Look at, remember when NWA TNA debuted back in the early 2000s? Yeah. They, listen, it was a new company. So you had that allure. Like, oh yeah, it's new. Everything, you know, it's going to be different. You know, they had different stars, you know. Stuff like that. You know, then they still had, you know, in the, you know, asylum, you know, they had Dusty Rose, you know, Nash and Hall and Hogan, all that stuff at the time, you know, early on. TNA did very well early. They did their best to be, you know, obviously they were looking for aspirations of attempting to be number one, but they were a really good number two for a while. This is what I think is going to happen. AEW will be a number two. And what astonishes me is that they think without even a show airing on, you know, TV yet, that all of a sudden AEW is honestly going to vanquish WWE or or, or truly compete. Yeah, Tony Khan may have more money than Vince McMahon, but it's more than just money to make a company great. And people, you know, what's going to happen when AEW disappoints for the very first time? Everyone is just so caught up in this whole AEW movement that it's almost kind of like of the the reverse thing. You know, how we were talking about earlier, you know, with the radio hosts, that everyone only focuses on the negative. Yeah. In everybody's mind, they're focusing on the positives of AEW, and that's great. Yeah. But you have to look at it like this. You have to go into it, act, you know, knowing that not every company is perfect. If you go in with the mindset that AEW is going to be perfect 100% of the time, then the first time they disappoint you, it's going to really let the wind out of your sails.
0: And they're going to quickly jump off the bandwagon. And, like, going to your point with TNA, you know, they they developed some stars. And they even had some veteran stars like uh, Jerry Lynn, yep. Jeff Jarrett, uh, R-Truth at the time when he was Ron Killings. You had Ken Shamrock. I mean, in the early part, R-Truth became the first black NWA world champion. That's saying something. The first black NWA World Heavyweight Champion, and then what? What the turning point was? It was like when they were going into the
1: 2010s. Fish off at home. When,
0: when they thought that they could compete with WWE. Remember when they went on Monday nights?
1: I do. Yeah.
0: And they got crushed on Monday nights. Yep. That was a bad idea. Because you already established yourself on, I think they were on like Thursdays at the time. You already established yourself on a different day. Why are you trying to so-called stack the deck against WWE when you know they're going to kill you on that night? And it's their night. Mondays are WWE's night.
1: I hate to say this, but it's like the WWE's, the New England Patriots, right? And Vince McMahon's Bill Belichick. And Tom Brady, because at the end of the day, you can sit there and be like, all right, we got the perfect formula or game plan. But you really don't, because Belichick and Brady are one step ahead. Oh, yeah. You don't want to push Vince into a corner. And I think, and I've read a lot of these articles, right? And the fact that Vince isn't commenting is very smart. I think, and uh, look, Vince may be old and Vince may be, you know, we think he's lost it or lost a step. Or lost his excuse me. It wouldn't surprise me if Vince is like, you know what? All right. Let this momentum build up. I'm going to let, you know, I'm going to let the momentum, you know, get big. And then you're going to make a mistake. Like TNA did moving to Monday nights. You know, it's kind of like when you're wrestling and you try to bring someone else's, you try to use someone else's momentum against them. Yeah. It wouldn't surprise me if, if Vince at his age, I mean, look, it wouldn't surprise me if AEW decides, you know, after some success, they get a little cocky and maybe that's what Vince is hoping for. Maybe he wants them to be cocky because he knows at the end of the day, these guys are playing checkers while he's playing chess. And this is why it's so astonishing to me that I love that there's another company and I hope they succeed. But Eric Bischoff got too cocky after 82 weeks, and Vince McMahon checkmate. Yeah, gotta look out for it here.
0: Yeah, and and it's the same way with uh, like with basketball. Like going into the season, everybody said, "Oh, Golden State Warriors, they're gonna win four out of five titles." But guess what? They brought Toronto brought in Kawhi Leonard for one year. Look at what he's done in one year. Finals MVP twice. One yeah. second title with another team. Half of Golden State's team got injured. Had they not gotten injured, they would have easily won the title. But everybody thought that Golden State was playing chess. Little did they know Toronto was like five steps ahead of them.
1: And look what happened. And you know what helped with that? Kawhi Leonard winning a title in San Antonio. Like he was, you know, he was still pretty much a baby when he won the title. I think, what was it, 2013? San Antonio? I mean, he's seven years in now, and he was maybe his second year in the league when he won a title. And so when you look at it from that, he had the experience that when he went to Toronto, he goes, All right, guys, here's what we can do. Here's what it takes to win the title. After being coached by one of the best coaches of all time, Greg Popovich, I mean, look. They took a rookie head coach, Nick Nurse, who replaced Dwayne Casey. You know, coach of the year, the year before, won a title. Tell you what, that's chess. And let's not forget, Danny Green was a part of the championship team, that's too. That's a fact, yes, sir. Yep. He's got championship experience. That's right. And so, when you look at it like that, it's like, Everyone thinks you need these super teams. Now, look, is it? Look, did Toronto get some help along the way? Yeah, of course they did. I mean, Kevin Durant gets hurt in the Houston series. Then only to come back being pressured in the NBA finals and ruptures his Achilles. Of course. Toronto got help. But it's not Toronto's fault that those injuries happened, right? That's why I don't put an asterisk next to it. A lot of people would. I don't. Yeah. Toronto didn't force those injuries, so why? So why should they be unfairly, you know, blamed and said, "Oh well, look." Yeah, I think it's pretty safe to say Golden State probably wins that title in six. Yeah, because I had them in six. But I'm not going to sit here and be like, "Well, Toronto should have an asterisk next to it because of the injuries." No. Because the injuries didn't happen, why they played Toronto? The injuries happened beforehand against other teams. What if Kawhi Leonard would have been not been able to recover after getting hurt in the Milwaukee series? Would they have put an asterisk next to Golden State if they would have won the championship at that point? No, they wouldn't have because they would have been like, well, Golden. Geez, I, I just don't get the whole asterisk point. <laughs> And that's the same way
0: with Giannis. Like, he just won MVP. And me and you were talking about James Harden. They really counted what he did in the playoffs against him. Because I could have sworn, just like you, that James Harden was going to repeat. I mean, you dropped 30-plus points in 32 games straight? I, I, I can't remember anybody doing that besides him. Jordan never did LeBron never did it. Kobe? To, to my knowledge, Kobe never did. I, This man dropped 30-plus points in 30-plus games straight. And yet, he gets to the playoffs. Half of the games that he played, he was gassed. So you knew they were going to count that against him. And then Giannis, he comes in with Milwaukee. They're stacked. And he does his thing. I really felt like with Paul George and OKC going down the way they did, he wasn't going to win it. James Harden wasn't going to win it because he didn't shed a load enough and he was gassed in the playoffs half the time. Giannis was only the real contender for MVP. And that's why they gave it to him. And not just because of that. He played very well. I'm not taking that. I'm not taking none away from James Harden or Paul George, but the fact that Jet that out of those three, Giannis was the only one left standing. He almost got to the NBA Finals with the Bucks. Yeah. So, of course, he was the, he was the only real choice to win MVP. And what gets me is that why are people debating Giannis Kumbo as MVP? Why are they trying to put an asterisk to this man's success? He
1: deserved it. I may have an answer for that. So, I was listening to Chris Broussard today. So, apparently, and this is why this, for me, this strengthens the James Harden MVP. Broussard said, and, and it's true, the MVP is a regular season award. Yeah. That the votes were are due on April, I, he said like April 14th or something to that effect. Before the playoffs even start. So, the votes are already tallied. Here's what the here's what that tells me. You're telling me before the playoffs started that Ant that Antetokounmpo in the regular season was better than James Harden? I wouldn't
0: say that. I get what Chris Chris started saying, but my question is this. You look at some of the guys that were not up for MVP Russell Westbrook, did he drop 30-plus points in 30-plus games? No. He got all the triple-doubles that he could get. But he didn't do that. Paul George didn't do it. Giannis didn't do it. LeBron, he missed almost 20 games. He didn't do it. LeBron would have been the MVP. Huh? I think LeBron would have been the MVP. Oh! LeBron, had LeBron not gotten hurt that Christmas game against Golden State, he would have easily won MVP. And I strongly think he would have won it by unanimous decision.
1: Yeah, because I think he dropped either 27 and a half or or he was still averaging 27 and a half or 28 and a half a game before he gets hurt. And the Lakers were fourth in the West. Yep. Yep. And then when
0: he comes back, they just go crashing down. I think LeBron, like I said, had he not gotten hurt that Christmas Day game against Golden State, he would have won MVP. By unanimous decision, I'm gonna go on a limb right now, James, and say that LeBron James wins MVP next year.
1: Ooh, yeah, I like that. I'm
0: calling, I it. It. I'm calling it right now. LeBron James, listen, I've had my criticism on my podcast about the Lakers. I know you've had some criticism. I strongly think, and I, I'm gonna go on what one of my co workers said all this talk about, um. The Lakers, and even Ice Cube said something like this. He was on um, Undisputed this morning. He said everybody's, he said laugh now, cry, he said, how would he say it? Laugh now, cry later, or something like that?
1: I think so, yeah. He,
0: he said everybody's talking bad about the Lakers, but uh,
1: he, I know what you he, mean. Uh, huh? I, I, yeah, I know what you mean. Pretty much, what he's trying yeah. to say is, if you're talking bad about the Lakers now, don't come, don't come back when we win. Don't come back when we're good.
0: Right. He he said, I think LeBron and that team, Genie Bus, they got something cooking. I, you know what? I strongly feel that way too. You're getting Kawhi. Because think about it. LeBron. I mean, we haven't heard much about
1: LeBron during the offseason.
0: ADs with the Lakers.
1: Does that can does that cancel LeBron James out for MVP?
0: What with AD? Yep. No. Not in my opinion because LeBron and AD they're going to share half the load. And then you have got people who start with them like uh Kyle Kuzma, he's going to do his thing. That bench I think will be solid. I think at the end of the year, Anthony Davis and LeBron James will be up for MVP, but LeBron will win
1: MVP. I mean, he I think he'd be the first five-time MVP, right? I think so. I'll have to do some research on that, James.
0: I think so, because he's won it four. He's won it four times, right? Yeah. How many times did Jordan win it? What, three? Three or four, I think. I think he's tied with Jordan in that, in that regard. Kobe won one. I know Allen Iverson won one. Which is a damn
1: shame. Kobe should have been. Kobe should have won it more than one. He was more times than not the best player in the league. At least for multiple years.
0: Kobe was at the top of his game, even early in his career. I mean, Steph Curry's won it twice. Steve Nash. Steve Nash. I think Jason Kidd won MVP before. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think if LeBron wins next year, he'll be the first ever five-time MVP. I'll have to Google that.
1: L- L- let me ask you a question. Is Kobe, Nash, or is Kobe bryant better and Steve Nash? Uh, man, is Kobe bryant better and Steve Nash? From an offense perspective... Yes. From an all around basketball playing perspective, yes. Um, the fact that Steve Nash has two MVPs, which one of them was taken away from LeBron James, but it should have been LeBron. Wait, is that right? Or was that, or was one of them? I think won, so. Yeah. Or was it taken away? Or was it Derek Rose who took an MVP away from? Him? When Derek Rose won Der- MVP, shouldn't it have been LeBron? Yeah. Rose won in 2011. He
0: did. Yeah. That was Chicago Bulls Derrick Rose before the
1: leg injury. So if LeBron would have won MVP in 2011, and I believe there was the one with Steve Nash, I believe that's right. Or was it Kobe? I think it's LeBron. LeBron would have already yeah. had six. I, I think
0: you're right. I'll have to, I'll have to do some research on the league MVPs over the years but if I'm not mistaken, if LeBron wins MVP next year, he will be the first five-time MVP ever regular season wise
1: now. Yeah, you can't deny him of that. I mean, look, if he's the best player, I mean people people were saying back in the day that, you know, voters get tired of voting the same person in. Well, guess what? If that if that guy is the best player in the league, then you have a duty to do your job. People were used to say that people would get like voting fatigue for yeah. like Jordan because Jordan on any given year, I mean, shoot, you could have given him that MVP probably eight, nine, 10, 10 times. I mean, yeah. same with LeBron James. Look, is he Michael Jordan in the sense of clutch moments? No. Is he the best pure scorer that I've ever seen with his size and his frame and what he's done since he came in day one? This is probably going to give me some heat, but as far as a pure scorer is concerned, yeah, he is. LeBron James is one of the top 3 players, top 5 players of all time. Yeah. His statistics back that up. Now, people, and the fact
0: and the fact that LeBron is what? He's 6'7", six, 6'8", six, yeah. 50 moves like a locomotive, can play almost any position on the court. What player do you know Pre-LeBron James Has played like that? Yeah, or that could even guard all five positions Right Play all five positions 6'8", 250
1: Got a lean frame I mean It's tough And just got hurt substantially For the first time in his career Yeah All those miles he put on now, people are going to say, well, you know what? He's played longer than Jordan. Skip Bayless makes stupid argument about that, where he says that LeBron's played longer than Jordan, so it doesn't... No, listen. It's not LeBron's fault Jordan decided to call it a career at the time he decided to call it a career. I yeah. hate when people do that. I hate when people say, well, because he played longer. Well, what do you think is going to happen? Obviously, LeBron's going to play more games to get to, you know, to try to get up the rankings, you know, things of that nature. I, I just never understood that argument. Well, somebody needs to ask Skip this. What player do
0: you know besides Bill Russell and besides LeBron that got their team to, what, eight, nine NBA Finals in a row? Yeah. Jordan didn't do it. Kobe didn't do it. Bill uh, Bill Lambeer didn't do it. Isaiah Thomas, Larry Bird, uh, Gary Payton, Carl Malone, John Stoughton, Jason Kidd. I can name a bunch of players. Besides LeBron and Bill Russell, no other player has gotten their team to eight NBA Finals in a row. Michael
1: Jordan should be on. You know, I guarantee if Jordan didn't retire after six, him, Pippen, two coach, those boys would have gotten to at least eight or nine. I mean, I, who was gonna, who, beside Utah or Seattle, was gonna stop them? practically nobody I mean I guess I mean I guess you could look at Shaq and the Lakers maybe you know but potentially if they would have stayed together long enough but um, if they would have stayed together Phil Jackson wouldn't have left who knows how far they would have gone with that but you're right who I mean there's not a lot of people you can say that about and the thing about like this if he wins a title in LA correct me if I'm wrong I've said this about Kawhi as well. If Kawhi were to go to a third team and win a championship and win a third finals MVP, where that would put him. What would it do with LeBron James if you were to pull this one off? You know,
0: this would definitely uh this would be a redemption story for not only LeBron, but for the Lakers organization. Cause look at look at how much people have said so many negative things about them. Genie Bush should sell the team. Magic Johnson let LeBron down. LeBron doesn't care about the team but himself. He's in Hollywood to make movies and this and that. Just imagine the next season comes in, LeBron and the Lakers possibly make the playoffs. What if they get the top seed and, you know, they have some battles in the playoffs. They get to the finals. They play whoever is left in the East and they win. Just imagine all those people that had something to say about LeBron and the Lakers all
1: just quiet. You won't hear nothing but crickets. Yeah, because look at it this way Golden State will not have KD next year. I truly believe whether KD resigns and then it's a sign and trade, KD's not going to be a Warrior. Thompson's going to be out at least through three fourths of next season. So, safely to say, probably the only threat. Obviously, depending on how it all pans out, obviously, it would be Houston. Houston trying to acquire Jimmy Butler and all this stuff. Look, Denver, I don't think is good enough. If the Lakers stay healthy and get good depth, you know, to their bench. Now, I'll tell you what. I think they should go in on Kawhi Leonard. Whether it's a one-on-one deal, whether you give him the max for a one-on-one deal. You know, signing for one year, player option, whatever. If they get Kawhi Leonard, it's game over. They're yeah. your champions. Even if they don't get Hawaii and they fill out, nobody in the West is beating LA. The Clippers aren't going to do it. Now I think the Clippers are going to be so much better. I think the Clippers—you're you're hearing it here first. Clippers going to be a top four team, top three team, in the, you know, in the West. And Golden State will barely make the playoffs. So you narrow it down. Some you got Houston as. Most likely a legitimate threat. You're probably gonna keep Paul. You're gonna keep Hart. You know, now if they end up moving Capella and Gordon and PJ Tucker, depending on what you get back for that outside of cap space, what if you do that and don't land Jimmy Butler? Then you then you really mess yourself up. But even if they get Jimmy Butler, I don't think they're good enough to beat the Lakers if they're you know, however they become constructed. Kawhi should stay in Toronto and at least, even if it's for a year, at least say, you know what? Let's see about if we can defend our title. Kawhi comes back. I think it's going to, it could be a Lakers Raptor final.
0: That would be so awesome. And you know what? I was going to ask you your predictions on free agency Sunday. Here's how I see things playing out. And I've had this in my mind for, about a few days now. I agree Kawhi has to stay in Toronto. They're going to give him the max no matter what. Yep. Because that whole country of Canada, the way they were riding for their team, I mean, you look at Toronto. They've got three teams in one city. The Blue Jays, the Maple Leafs, the Raptors. The Raptors were the only team Now, baseball's still going, but the Raptors were the only team in Toronto to win a title. And it was their first ever. uh, Kawhi's got to stay. Kyrie, I'm going to get on him for a second. I think he goes to Brooklyn. Yeah. There's no way that he's re-signing with Boston. After the way, you know, people have been talking about them and the way the season ended, he's not going back to Boston. No. No way. I think... I think with KD, only one of two things happen. Either he re-signs and pulls a Tom Brady and signs for less money. Or he goes to the Knicks. Because they keep saying that he and his business partner are in New York scouting free agency. Um, Kimball Walker. I really hope he gets away from the Hornets because he's carried that team on his back long enough. I keep hearing that he might go to Boston. That would be a nice look. Yeah. Um, I keep hearing Tobias Harris and Jimmy Butler and other players like that. I think Jimmy Butler, I don't know, he could re-sign with Philly or go elsewhere, but he ain't going to the Lakers. I think the Clippers can get somebody but if the Knicks don't get KD, then I don't think they'll get anybody
1: at all. Those are inter- That's interesting. All right. I'll, I'll give you my thoughts. I think, number one, we will see another major trade during the free agency period. I think it's going to be a sign-in trade. I think Kevin Durant will get the maximum Golden State to then turn around and be traded. And this could be mm. the only thing that could, could save a potential... You know, Golden State save them Potentially and get them back in the playoffs And at least be a contender Depending on where he gets traded I think he gets traded Ugh. It's tough because there's, there's not Many teams KD's going to have to commit He's going to have to commit to a team And say you know what Golden State I intend to sign with X, Y, or Z Let's make a deal happen and it's not a very big list. It's New Jersey. You know, I'm sorry, it's Brooklyn. It's New York. I'll even go as far, you know, as maybe the Clippers. But if I'm Golden State, if I'm trying to keep him, I owe Kevin Durant for what he did. I owe him. I owe Kevin Durant for what he put himself through, what he risked. And ultimately, it happened. He put, a, he, he put himself and his career on the line to try to help you guys win a third straight title. Yeah. He deserves the max. Plain and simple. I think, I think Clay stays too. If they don't offer him the max, you know what? I've had this thought. I think he goes to the Clippers. And it's because of Jerry West. I think if Golden State, which they said they're going to offer him the max, so this may just be, you know, just a mute point, but it's being reported that it, Golden State does not give him every cent of the max, he would most likely entertain talking to the Clippers. And you know what? I'd be alright with that. Clay Thompson to the Clippers? That would be very interesting. Because Jerry West, because remember, Jerry West, I think, had a part he may have had a part in drafting him and Curry. Yeah. So, if I'm Clay Thompson, I'm thinking you know what? Jerry West was in my corner. He wanted me to be drafted. He wanted me on his team. At the very least, he could just at least have a meeting. You know, just out of respect. Like, you know what? Here, you know what? I'll have a meeting. I'm not saying he'll go. If Golden State offers Max, like I said, he's not leaving. I think Kyrie goes to the Knicks. And... I think he goes there for two reasons One, I think it's going to be Kevin Durant Because, you know, as I've heard off and on Throughout the you know, the playoffs It's like, well, Brooklyn's starting to cool off On Kyrie New York really wants Kyrie and KD together And I think we're going to see something Where we Had thought, you know It's not going to happen now Like it heated up before, then it cooled off And now it's not going to happen Right now, it seems like the New York Knicks are no longer in play. Yeah. I'm going to go on a limb here. KD goes to New York. Kyrie goes with him. If that doesn't happen, Kyrie's going to the Lakers. And he's going to the Lakers because, one, the Lakers will miss out on Kawhi. And, two... If you believe the reports, Kyrie's wanted to play with Anthony Davis now for some time. So now it's Kyrie's wanted to, you know, play with KD. And then you read later on, he's wanted to play with AD for a time. You put Kyrie with LeBron and AD. There's your championship again. Yeah. Because Kyrie wouldn't have to play a vocal role. He could be... LeBron James is Robin again. Because look what it did when he tried to be LeBron Junior. Yeah, he had to call LeBron James and say, "Listen, I get it now. I'm sorry. I've you know, which was a very big maturing step for him."
0: It- Kyrie, Anthony Davidson, LeBron on the
1: same team. Could you, imagine, could, could you imagine? Remember when it was Chris Paul and Blake Griffin in the Clippers, Lob City?
0: Yeah. <laughs> and, and how much potential they had. They could have easily won at least two titles. Yeah. But with, with with AD, Kyrie, and LBJ on the same team, oh, that building is going to be sold out every and night. guess
1: what? LeBron <laughs> can retire in three years, and you would still have two centerpieces there.
0: Yeah. They're going to have to turn people away from the gate. They're going to have to turn people away from the building. If they win the championship, if the Lakers win the championship next year, you're not going to hear the end of that. A lot of people, I don't
1: know. I think LeBron will now play all four years of his contract. I think he will. I think he'll now play all four years. I was originally skeptical. I was like, you know what? He's going to play three. He's going to opt out of the final year of his deal. He's got AD now. So you got one piece in place. So if the Lakers are relatively competitive, if they win a title next year and they're in position to win for another two years, LeBron's going to stay in the rest of his contract. And I'll even go as far as maybe he'll resign again after that. Hmm.
0: I, I feel like next year, next year will be mighty interesting because the West is loaded. The East is still open. And I feel like with the West, somebody, I don't know what team. I'm going to say San Antonio misses the playoffs next year. Because the reason I say that, it's going to be interesting to see how New Orleans does with Zion. It's going to be a lot of hype around him. Well, it is a lot of hype around him. And it's a good thing. I was telling one of my coworkers this. It's a good thing he didn't go to the Knicks. Because had he got drafted by the Knicks number one, everybody would have automatically said championship. I strongly
1: feel that way. Yeah, if you put him in a smaller market, which, you know, I see your point. Smaller market teams aren't saying championship first year, like established markets like the Lakers and the Knicks. And I was honestly rooting for him going to the Lakers and I feel like if you would have been... If the Lakers would have gotten the number one pick, I still believe they may have traded that, but I don't think the whole... You know, everything they had to give up to get Anthony Davis would have been as big. Because the number one pick... If if you're New Orleans, and and in your mind... Well, you have to throw in the number one pick. You obviously wanted Zion Williamson. Yeah. I feel like the number one pick would have been um, compensated for two less picks, if you know what I'm saying. I think that number one pick would have taken, would have absorbed those last two picks, and it wouldn't have been a big deal. It wouldn't have been as big of a haul that the Lakers had to give up. I don't think they would have had to give up Ingram. I think you could have gotten away with Hart, Lonzo, and the number one pick, and maybe maybe two other picks because I think the Lakers gave up four total so maybe the number one pick and a future and another and another future first round pick and I think that would have gotten it done so the fact the ramification of the Lakers getting the fourth pick against the one you know the Lakers have no yeah New Orleans controls their picks for the next seven years yeah (laughs) it's
0: insane it's it's gonna be interesting I I think if they play well it, like I don't know why David Griffin's trying to trying to like I get it. I get what a I get what um Zion is saying. You know, he's 18, 19 years old. He hasn't even played his first NBA game yet. I get it. You know, he's not trying to be so wrapped up in the the pressure and the uh, amount of expectations. But th- he and David Griffin know that is not Drew Holiday's team. No disrespect to him. That's Zion's team. David Griffin knows that. And it kind of kills me that they're trying to play off this narrative like, oh, it's not not hype. It's not expectation. Yes, it is. And I even said it before to somebody, before Zion even played a game at Duke, he was already projected number one for the NBA draft. When he came out, he was still projected number one for the NBA draft. I watched – the jump. I think it was the day after the draft last week. Kendrick Perkins went on the limb and projected Zion as rookie of the year. So Zion knows. He knows the pressure that he's gonna be faced with. That building in New Orleans is gonna be sold out. Why? They're not gonna they're not coming to see Lonzo or anybody else. No disrespect to the other players on the team. They're coming to see Zion. He is the
1: focal point of that team. And those guys are going to benefit. Brandon Ingram's going to benefit. Ingram, before the whole blood clot thing, the last, what was it, maybe 17 games he played before he got diagnosed with the blood clot issue, was balling out. He's only oh, yeah. going to make Zion so much better. Lonzo Ball lobbing it to Zion. As long as, if Zo could stay healthy. With Zion and Ingram can stay healthy, and Hart coming off the bench, rolling it with Drew Holiday, they're gonna be exciting. Yeah, they're gonna be. It wouldn't surprise me, and and all the picks they have, they're they're like the Boston Celtics of the West. They have a treasure chest full. So if they need to go, you know, if they want to try to get over the top and they want to trade two, three of those to go get, you know. A star, a superstar, they could do that. And, yeah. you know, in the next year or two. David Griffin has to be the luckiest guy in sports. He gets LeBron James David. back. They win a championship in Cleveland. Now he's got a treasure yeah. chest pool of, of ammunition to play with. Oh, yeah. All right. I'll finish David out my quick. I'm sorry. Go ahead.
0: Uh, I was gonna say, uh, David Griffin don't know what to do. With it, don't know what to do with
1: himself. He's got it made right now. I mean, he better not do what Danny Ainge did. I mean, Danny Ainge had a treasure chest and he couldn't turn that into a lot. Yeah. I say this. I really wish they were compared how David Griffin could have somehow traded for you know the third or second pick and put him and Zion together. Who? Because the, ah. because the chemistry those two had a Duke. Oh yeah, yeah. I finish out my predictions and we'll wrap this one up. I think all right, so I'm just gonna go straight through hot take. My gut is saying Kawhi will stay in Toronto, especially with the giant or uh, the Toronto president of operations, you know, basketball operations stay, but because of the mutual respect those two have together, and apparently they get along well. I think my gut says Kawhi stays in Toronto. But if not. I think we're going to see one of those deals, like I said before, where it heated up or had no chance of ever happening, could happen. If he doesn't stay in Toronto, I think Kawhi somehow ends up a Laker. Maybe not for like the, you know, the full max four years, but maybe a one on one deal where you could do the max that way. Um, like I said, KD and Kyrie, I think are somehow going to end up in New York, whether it's Brooklyn or whether it's the Knicks. I think it's going to be the Knicks somehow. Um, I think the Clippers are going to strike out on a superstar, but they'll get themselves a couple complimentary pieces to the team that they have, like a Harrison Barnes, maybe. You know, know, he'd be a good fit there. Um, Or Tobias Harris. I'm sorry? Tobias Harris.